Well, Happy New Year. We're so glad that uh, you are with us this morning, whether you're in person or online. Uh, we wish you a blessed new year as we prepare to enter into this new year. We're looking forward to all that God has for us. Hey, the name of that last song was uh, called Build Your Life. And uh, I was looking through the words of that song, and uh, that's a great song, by the way. If you just want to uh, look that up uh, in your time next week, maybe listen to that. It really would be a great prayer as we enter into this uh, new year. It actually also reflects kind of a summary of what we're going to be looking at uh, during the next two weeks as we enter into this new year. We're going to be looking at the fact that uh, God is our foundation. Uh, We can trust Him, and uh, that's what we're putting our faith and trust in as we move into the new year. And that's what that song was all about, that God is our foundation, and we can trust Him. And then next week, we're going to be looking at cultivating a a foundation of love for Him and for others. Uh, That was one of the other lines in that song, you know, fill me with your heart. Help me to see those around me. And so um, that song was really a great way for us to just enter into this new year. And so I'd encourage you, if you've got some time, maybe to go look that up and uh, listen to that. It's a great song to kind of guide us into this new year. Um, Just a couple of quick announcements for you. I wanted to let you know that as we move into this uh, new year, we finished last year with our year-end offering, uh, almost 90% funded. We're going to leave that open for the next two weeks. We're only $2,500 short uh, of our year-end goal. And so if you uh, are still interested in making a contribution to that, you can continue to do that um, through the uh, next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be closing that out probably towards the end of January. Um, we have our budget in place for this year. We're moving into the, uh, the new year. And so uh, I just want to thank you for your generosity, uh, for your faithfulness that's enabled us to be effective at reaching our community for Christ and making disciples. And so if you have any questions about our finances or about our year-end offering, uh, please go to our website, springbrook.org um, slash year end. Also want to let you know we've got some exciting things coming up with our Kids City. Uh, our Kids City Children's Ministry is going to be meeting online uh, for the next few weeks. Um, next Sunday, they're going to be kicking off. They're going to be meeting uh, in the evenings uh, starting uh, January 6th. Um, we've got all of the supplies necessary for your kids. Uh, you can pick those up in the lobby um, today after the service, or you can make arrangements to come by the office uh, from 9 to 2, Monday through Friday, and pick up those kits. We've got everything that you'll need for your kids to be able to have a good online experience with the rest of their friends and our teachers. And uh, our teachers uh, this past several weeks have been putting together all those videos. And so all of our video teaching is done with our teachers. We're done in-house on our stage here. So I want to uh, just thank our children's ministry for all the work that they're putting into uh, keeping our kids uh, connected, uh, you know, through this season. Um, we're going to be evaluating starting up our Kids City Children's Ministry uh, soon. We know several other churches have started with Sunday morning. We're watching closely what the high schools and the elementary schools are, are doing with their kids. And so as we move through uh, January, we'll start working on a plan for when our kids uh, can start coming back uh, with us uh, in person. But in the meantime, uh, we hope that they can take advantage of our online service. And so, and so if you have any questions, uh, please go to our website, springbrook.org. Uh, slash KC Home. I'll be able to answer all your questions there. Thanks to Michelle and all the leaders that are doing a great job leading that ministry. And then also, as of today, um, uh, we kicked off our online Bible reading plan for this year. Right now, we have 60 people (laughs) signed up to read through the Bible next year. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. If you haven't had a chance to uh, uh, to sign up for that, you can go to our website. We're going to be talking about that a little bit more. Um, That's one of the things I'm looking forward to as we head into this new year, that our church, our church family, that you have an ever-increasing sense of the presence of God in your life. And a big part of that is how we listen to God through His Word and how we talk to Him through prayer. So if you want to know more information about that, um, you can just go to our website. And then also, if you haven't downloaded our app, um, you can do that. Uh, just uh, text uh, 77977. Text uh, Springbrook app uh, to that number. Uh, you'll get a link right to your phone. Uh, if you want to sign up for online giving, you can text Springbrook uh, to that same number. 
But uh, that's a great way for you to get connected. Everything that you need to know about Springbrook, you can get right from your, uh, your uh, portable device. You get it from our website. We want to make sure that we're communicating clearly. We're helping people get connected, and we're helping them to experience the fullness of what God has for them. So if you have any questions about our app, um, you can uh, go to our website for that as well. Today we're kicking off a new series. It's a two-week, uh, two-part series on how to start the new year right. And um, I have to tell you, I'm a little bit disappointed about how the new year started. You know, I woke up on January 1st and uh, nothing changed. I mean, what are our expectations? We go into the new year, we're all excited about the new year, but it's about week two or week three of the new year before we hit that wall and realize, wow, this is still the same mess. Corona's still there. We're still having to work through the politics. I mean, what is it about the new year that everybody has such high hopes and expectations? You know, we're going to talk about how to start the new year in a healthy way today. We're going to look at some principles uh, from the life of David on how we can start the new year right. And I'm looking forward to, uh, this, to this next two weeks, the things that we're going to be able to learn. Uh, we want to help you to be able to start the new year right. Uh, but I'm just kidding you. It has been a good first week. In fact, we have a lot to celebrate um, God's faithfulness, God is on the move, our small groups, our ministries, our, just God is working uh, in and through the lives of, uh, of our church family at Springbrook. And through your lives, uh, we've been able to connect with new families. We've got, uh, there's just so much that God's doing. So we have a lot to celebrate. This past week specifically, uh, we had an opportunity to celebrate a midweek baptism service. And so, in fact, I've got a video I want to share with you. Uh, let's watch this and let's just celebrate uh, where God's working uh, in this way. Jeff, it has been a privilege for me just to be able to get to talk with you these last several years about your faith. I know it's been exciting for us to uh, just to get to share and, and um, just tell each other our life stories together. And um, it's been exciting for me to get to know you and, and uh, your family and to hear about how God has been working. I know this past year uh, has been uh, a challenging year for you. I know you have had to process through a lot um, just from a personal and a uh, professional perspective. But it's been exciting for me just to be able to see where God has been at work in your decision-making. I know this past couple of weeks, we, we had an opportunity to talk a little bit about a relationship with Christ, and I know it was really fun for me to be able to meet with you and have coffee. And I was, I think yeah. I was more, I don't know who was more excited, you or me, but I, I'm personally excited about, you know, the work that I see God doing in your life. I know this, um, several weeks ago, you, you had made a decision, um, you know, to place your faith in Christ. So I was just wondering if you could maybe share a little bit about what that looked like. You know, how did how did that happen and what did that look like for you? Sure. Um, I always um, uh, believed in God. I was brought up in a family that we always went to church and uh, I, I did that throughout my childhood. Um, so that was something that was always part of my life. However, it was never the priority in my life. So yeah. it was something that I always fell back on when I needed something, mm -hmm. um, whether it was good, you know, I thank God for, you know, doing good things in my life. Uh, when I had struggles or something like that, you know, I would always pray for help, but, um, it was always kind of like in the back burner. Um, yeah. and then, uh, you know, five years ago we met, um, <laughs> <laughs> through work and, um, you know, you kind of planted a seed in the back of my mind, you know, you, um, you know, you, you gave me one, one scripture, you, you taught me about grace through faith. And mm -hmm. I think that that seed has been growing for five years and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, just coming to realize that, you know, um, at this point, you know, I, I think that, you know, I wanted to make Christ's the first thing, the priority, yeah. rather than always falling back when um, I needed something. So, yeah. 
What was interesting for me was um, our stories were similar, <laughs> I think, just with regard to our views about God and, yeah. and what, who Jesus was and those kind of things. And, uh, you know, the verse that um, that really kind of changed my understanding of how to have a relationship with Christ was the Ephesians 2, 8, 9 passages. But it's, you know, you're saved by grace through faith alone, not by works, so that no one can boast. You know, you've been created in Christ Jesus to do the works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. And so God's got a plan and a purpose for you. And I think, you know, it was exciting for me to be able just to share really out of my own experience what God had taught me, you know, through scripture. And so um, that's the part that I'm really excited about as well. I I know it's been uh, exciting just to hear your story. I'm really excited about, uh, I know you jumped in and you're doing the uh, 2021 Bible reading plan next year. I am, I am. I've never read the Bible. Um, You know, and and to be honest, I've never read the Bible. You know, I I didn't didn't even know what was in there, you know, and, and the more I've read, you know, the more... I, I want to read and the more I want to learn. Yeah. So. I think that's the exciting part as well, because I think, you know, you have an opinion. I have, everybody's yeah. got opinions, right. um, but there is something um, exciting happens when you start reading scripture and think, Oh, that's why we do that. Oh, that's what this means. Right. And so, um, well, uh, I've read about baptism and you yeah. know, I've always, yeah. and I've thought oh, I've already been baptized. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that wasn't my choice. You know, so this, yeah. this is exciting because this is my choice. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I am really, uh, I'm really excited about what I know God's going to do in, in through your life. It's exciting for me just to be able to be a part of it. And so, why don't we jump in? We'll get you baptized, right. and uh, we'll get you going. Hey, Jeff, do you believe that uh, Jesus Christ is God? Yes, I do. Do you believe that He died on the cross for your sins? Yes, I do. Do you believe that He came back to life, and when He returns, He's going to come back and take you with Him? Yes, I do. Outstanding. Well, Jeff, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love baptism services. I'm serious. You know, this church exists to reach our community for Christ and to help people grow in their faith. And so it's always exciting when we're able to celebrate a baptism service. We celebrated several baptism services last year. We had many people made faith commitments. And uh, if you are interested in getting baptized, if you have questions about baptism, uh, we have our baptism sitting right over there, uh, staged right for you. Uh, we'll baptize you on, uh, on a Sunday during a service. Uh, I know that the uh, Corona's kind of got people still a little bit uncomfortable with coming out, but if you want to come out during the week, we'll baptize you during the during the week. Uh, we'll, bab- I'll, we'll, we'll baptize you anywhere. <laughs> and so I had a friend of mine that was up at Lake Geneva and uh, was like, oh, I, I can't make the baptism service next weekend because we're up at the lake. I said, well, I will drive to your house. We can baptize you in the lake. And so uh, we want to encourage you to, uh, if, if that is your next step uh, as we move into this new year, it's a great way to celebrate the new year. And if you have any questions about a faith commitment or about getting baptized, we'd love the opportunity um, to talk more with you about that. You can uh, uh, visit our website for more information. You can drop me an email. If you're online with us um, today, you can put a note in the comment section. One of our hosts will follow back up with you. Or if you're in person, you can fill out that connection card that you've got in your chair. Uh, Let us know that you were with us this morning. If you've got any questions, uh, please uh, let us know. Well, we're kicking off our two-part series today. We're going to start this morning by looking at um, the book of First John. So if you have uh, a Bible with you, you can turn with me to the book of First John. Uh, just go to the middle and start moving to the right, getting close to the end. And hey, if you are with us online, um, you can uh, go to uh, that link down at the bottom. Uh, there's a little tab that says Bible, and uh, you can click that and you can read along. We're going to read First uh, John, and then we're going to come back and look at some of these verses in just a moment. But uh, if First John... Um, John is writing to us. In verse 1, he tells us that he's writing to us to encourage us not to sin. And uh, he reminds us that we have forgiveness of sins because of who we are in Christ. 
And so he reminds us that we have forgiveness, but it is because of our relationship with Jesus um, that we should not sin. We're called to be different. There's something that is supposed to be different about us. Beginning in verse 15, um, John writes this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, those things are not from the Father, but they're from the world. And this world is passing away along with it its desires, but whoever does the will of God will abide forever. And so he reminds us that our hope is not in things of this world, but in who we are in Christ. And so as we move into this new year, if we're expecting things around us in this world to get better, and that's where we're placing our hope, John reminds us that those things are not places where we're supposed to put our hope and trust. You know, the things that we see, everything that we see is not from God. These, you know, God has given us evidence of him in creation. God has created a very beautiful creation that we can enjoy, but it is not a place that we're to place our trust and our hope. Our trust and our hope are only found in him. Beginning in verse 18, he says this, children, it's the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have not continued to be with us. But they went out, that they might become plain, might become plain to us, that they are not from us. Then he says this in verse 20. He says, but you, you have been anointed by the Holy One. You have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. You know everything that there is that you need to know about me and about where to place your hope. I write this to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie is in the truth. And so John is writing about the distinction between, you know, the Antichrist. There's many Antichrists that will appear. Um, Satan is at work right now, and uh, we know that this is a fallen, broken world. And so there's many, many smaller antichrists that are active right now. At one point, they're all going to come together in in the ultimate fulfillment of the antichrist that's going to appear in the last hour. And so John is writing with an eager anticipation that this last hour could be any time. He's writing with the idea that there's a constant expectancy that things are are going to uh, get bad. Jesus is going to return. And so he's writing with that view in mind. But he says, uh, and so as a result of that, he says, don't put your trust in things of this world. Make sure that your trust is in Christ and in him alone. And then he reminds them that they have been anointed by the Holy One. They have been anointed by the Holy One. You see, for those that have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they have been set apart. There's something different about them. What does it mean to be anointed? Anointed means to be set apart for God and for his purposes. This past uh, week, my kids were coming over, and so we had some snacks in the refrigerator. So I went and got a bowl of grapes, and uh, some of the grapes didn't look very good. So it was funny because I was standing at the countertop, and I was calling out the bad grapes, and I was putting the good grapes over here. And it was so funny because I stepped back. I thought, wow, there's something different about good grapes and bad grapes. I'm separating the good ones out. That's what John's writing about. Hey, look, there's people that are not of us, that don't have a relationship with Christ. They're like bad grapes, and, and they're, be, they're being called out. But you have been separated, like these good grapes, have been separated and set apart for God and his purposes. 
Now, I didn't anoint the grapes, so I started to have some fun with that. I was going to put some oil on them and, you know, lift them up, you know. Could have had some fun with that. You know, those grapes weren't anointed, but I could have anointed those grapes. I could have anointed them and prayed over them and put some oil on them. We could have lifted those up. And so anointing is when you set something apart for God and for his purposes. And ceremoniously, you uh, recognize this anointing that it is from God. In uh, the book of Leviticus, Moses would go and he would anoint the tabernacle with oil. And so we see many times, and over uh, almost 200 times, as you read through the Old and New Testament, we see anointing occurs, and there's different types of anointings. We see Moses anoint the tabernacle in Leviticus 8. We see David gets anointed with oil in Psalm 89. We're going to see that again in uh, 2 Samuel 11 today, that David was anointed. He was anointed with oil and set apart for God and for his purposes. In Luke chapter 7, we see there's a woman that shows up with with Jesus while he's reclining at the table, and, and she pours perfume on his feet, and she anoints him with her perfume. You know, she is, she is symbolically recognizing that there's something different about him, and she is placing her faith in him. And so this anointing happens whenever we set something apart for God's purposes. And usually there's a ceremony that revolves around that. And John's reminding these early Christians that they have been anointed. They have been set apart. You know, the Spirit of God has called them into a relationship with his Son, They've asked the Holy Spirit to come in, and they have become Christ's followers. They have been anointed. They have been set apart by the Spirit of God. And so if you are a Christ follower this morning, you have been anointed. You have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. There's something different about you that you would expect to see from people around us in the world. You've been anointed. You're a new creation. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we've looked at this passage several times over the last several months, but this is exactly what this is talking about. If anyone is in Christ, he is new. The old is gone. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And so this idea of anointing, this idea of being set apart for God's purposes is really important for us as we head into this new year. We do not want to put our trust in the things of this world. We want to make our eyes focused on God and what he has for us. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. And I think that there's many people today that are stuck. You know, there's many people that are stuck. They're, they're confused. There are many people that are looking to the new year for some sort of change. And they're looking in all the wrong places. There is nothing out in the world that's going to bring about lasting change. And when you talk to people about their New Year's resolutions, their anticipations, you know, what they're expecting for the new year, what are some of the things that they're looking forward to leaving behind in the old year, and what are they looking for in the new year, I think there's a lot of people that are confused about what it is to expect on how we should celebrate and usher and bring the new year in. You know, there is no doubt that the year 2020 was messed up. I can't find one person that says, wow, I am so excited about getting 2020 behind me, because I tell you, it was messed up. And collectively, we all experienced that. We've all experienced the effects of what's happening culturally and globally. And so we've had this collective experience about how excited we are about getting this past year behind us. But you know what? There's maybe somebody has experienced some things that nobody else knows about. You know, there are things that happen in your life. There are things that happen in my life. There are things that are messed up in our lives. And we want a fresh start. It's really easy to go down and look at some of the things that we've collectively experienced, but there are things in your life 
There are things in my life that I am just looking forward to getting behind me. Isn't that true of you? I mean, is there something in, in your life, besides corona, besides politics, and besides, you know, things that are happening in our culture, is there something in your life that you would like to just get past? You know, there are things in all of our lives that we look forward to. And when I think about fresh starts, when I think about things that are messed up, and I think about starting new and moving into a new year, King David has always been the guy that first pops into my mind. Because King David's life was messed up. If I was going to try to summarize 2020 in the life of somebody from Scripture, I would say 2020 was a King David kind of a year. I mean, it was really messed up. You know, King David, uh, uh, his story unfolds in uh, the book of 2 Samuel. And so we want to look uh, this morning at, at his life. And I want to look specifically at three lessons that we can learn from his life, that we can apply to our lives today to help us have a good experience. In uh, 2 Samuel, go to the middle of the Bible, start turning uh, to your left. If you want to follow along, we're going to look at a couple of different verses uh, through some of these different chapters. But in chapter 11, um, we see David's story um, start to unfold. He has become uh, a new king, has replaced Saul, um, he's been anointed, he's stepped in, he's been having victories, he's been doing a great job as king. And so his first, uh, his first get-go, he's doing great. And then you move into chapter 11, uh, where we see David's life start to take a dramatic turn for the worst. In chapter 11, it's the spring. And during the springtime is when uh, kings usually leave their troops out into battle. Um, David um, uh, decides to stay home. Verse 1 of 11 says, the year, it's the spring, the year when kings go out to battle. But David stayed home and he sent Joab. And so David, right off the bat here, starts off uh, this new year, this time of the spring for him, by neglecting his responsibilities. Instead of going with his troops, he sends Joab to go out with him. And then while he's home, verse 2, it says that uh, it happened one afternoon. He rises from his couch, and, and he was walking on the roof of the king's house, and he saw from the roof a woman that was bathing, and she was very beautiful. And so he starts out by neglecting his king's duties to go out with his troops. He stays home. And the next thing we know, we find him looking out over the, a woman taking a bath, and we see him lusting after her. So David just continues to slip. And it actually gets worse because in verse 4, we see that he would send his messengers to, to bring her to him, and he would lay with her, and she ended up getting pregnant. So David would have an affair. And so he goes from neglecting his troops to lusting. He has an affair uh, with Bathsheba. She ends up getting pregnant. She's uh, going to have this baby. He's trying to figure out what to do about it. And so then it, it actually continues to get worse. She's gotta, he's got to figure out what to do with this, with this woman's husband. And so uh, in verse 14... David sends this uh, letter to Joab, and, and he wants to send it by the hand of Uriah, who's Bathsheba's husband. He's trying to figure out how to get rid of this problem. And so he sends this letter, and he, he says, give it to Uriah, and then have him take it to the forefront of the battle where there's fighting. And while he's out there, draw back from him and leave him out there by himself, that he may be struck down. And so we see in verse 11, we see uh, uh, in chapter 11, verse 14, this situation has gone from bad to worse to worse to the point now he's actually having somebody killed. And so when I think about David's life and somebody that's really messed up big, he has a messed up life. Does he not? I mean, that is really messed up. 
And as you move into chapter 12, in verse 12, it actually says that he thinks he does all these things in secret. You see, he thinks that nobody is the wiser about what's going on in his life. And, and he's, he's done them all in secret from his mind, but then this whole thing gets exposed, and we see David go through this transformation where we're going to look at these three lessons for how we can overcome and what we can anticipate as we expect new life. David experiences new life. David gets restored. There's some consequences, but there's some lessons that we can draw from his life that we want to look at this morning. And I can't help but wonder as we move into the new year, how many resolutions that people make because of things that they've done in secret in their own life. You know, it's easy to make resolutions for things that we see collective, you know, collectively. I mean, there's some resolutions. There's some things I'm looking forward to the new year that all of you are looking forward to. We're all looking forward to, uh, you know, getting Corona behind us. We're all looking forward to where we can start meeting back up together. We're all looking forward to getting this election behind us. There's some things that we're all looking for together as we move into this new year. But let me ask you this. What are you anticipating that God would want to do in your life as you head into this new year? What are some things that you might have had in secret that you're struggling with that you're thinking, God, take this away from me and make me new. Help me to have a better experience as I move into this new year. Maybe you want to be a better husband or a better father. You know, the idea of being a better husband or a better father means that there's some shortcoming in my life that I really want to see improve. You know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm neglecting my role and my responsibilities as a husband or a father, and I want God to change that. I'm not going to necessarily talk to anybody about it. I mean, there's, there's things that are in our hearts, and our, there's things that, are, that we have in our minds that we're anticipating God to change as we move into this new year. Sometimes it's not easy to talk about those things. Many times, New Year's resolutions come out of sinful behaviors, bad patterns, things that are just messed up in our life, and we want God to change those. And God will. You know, when I look at David's life and how messed up that was, it is amazing to me that David can come out on the other side of it and still be able to be used by God. In fact, he's used by God in a powerful way. You get King Solomon, his lineage. Jesus is in the lineage of a man that has a messed up life. God takes what is messed up and he makes something beautiful out of it to accomplish his plans and his purposes. And so as we move out of 2020, and we want to leave that mess behind, let's not forget that there's some lessons that we might need to learn that we need to take with us as we move into this new year. The first lesson that we learned from David as we move into chapter 12 is that we want to start the new year right by examining ourselves. We need to stop, and we need to reflect, and we need to examine ourselves. You know, before David's uh, sin and all this brokenness gets exposed, God sends Nathan to Daniel to confront him. And so at the beginning of chapter 12, Nathan shows up to David and he tells him a story about a rich man and a poor man. And uh, he tells him the story about these two guys. And, and the rich man, when a guest shows up at the house, instead of offering one of his animals, takes one of the animals from the poor man and uh, uses it to sacrifice for the guest. And so that was a big no-no in Old Testament times. When you had a guest show up at your house, that was the time that you were to put forward your best sacrifice. That was the time that you were to show hospitality. And so you were supposed to sacrifice out of what you had to give to your guest. And so Nathan tells David this story about a rich man that is very well-to-do. He's got an abundance. And instead of 
taking care of the guests out of his abundance, he goes to a poor man who has nothing and takes one of his. And so when David hears that story, he says to Nathan, man, that is absolutely terrible. You know, he says that that man should be put to death. What he did was terrible. And then as you read down in, uh, through verse uh, uh, 6 and into verse 7 of chapter 12, Nathan would say to David, you are that rich man. You are that man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. You had been set apart. We had a ceremony for you. You were anointed the king over Israel. And I, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house. I gave, him, I gave you wives. And into your arms, I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if this were too little, I would have given you more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and you have taken his wife to be your wife. And David gets confronted with his brokenness. He gets confronted with his sin, and he has, he, has to, he has to respond to that. Now, a lot of times when people get confronted with their sin, what, what's the first response? They get angry. They get in denial. They avoid people. You know, when you get caught in sin or when you get caught doing something that, that you know is not right, the first thing you want to do is hide. You don't want nothing to do with it. I've got a two-year-old grandson. I tell you, that kid is such a blast. He's got more energy. Uh, it's so funny because uh, I feel so sorry for my daughter because she's, she's got a little Richard. That kid has got so much energy. He is so much fun to be around. But I tell you, it's so funny because he was doing something the other day. And uh, all you have to do is say, you know, ah, 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 don't do that. And he hides, you know. We don't like to get in trouble. You know, we, we don't like to get in trouble. We run in fear. That's from a young age. I mean, this, my grandson's two years old. And it's funny because as you get older, you get better at what? You get better at hiding it. And when somebody wants to confront it, you know, you, 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 you go into denial. When David gets confronted with his sin, when he thinks about what he's done, his response is the response that we should all be able to learn from. In verse 12, it says, You did these things in secret, but these things are all going to be known before Israel. Everybody's going to know what you did. And so David says to Nathan in verse 13, he says, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan says to David, the Lord has also put away your sin. You shall not die. When David gets confronted with his sin, the first thing that he does is he confesses the fact that he has sinned. I have sinned against the Lord. You know, that is a lesson that as we move into the new year, we need to stop and we need to reflect on our own lives and we need to think about, is there anything in this past year that I need to confess? Is there anything in my life that maybe I haven't put God first in my life? It might, not, it might be something very simple from our perspective, but when we think about our relationship with God as a barrier between our being able to enjoy the fullness of a relationship with Him. Sin breaks down our relationship with God. And even when we try to live our life our own way, when, we, when we're the Lord of our lives, and when we're, when we're trusting in our finances, or when we're, when we're trusting in things of the world before we trust in the Lord, that's problematic. And we need to confess those things. And we need to acknowledge them. And so we need to, as we move into this new year, if we want to, like David, experience this new life, if we want to experience a new year in a fresh new way, instead of looking out there to the world, we need to look internally and assess our own lives and look for places where we need to confess. We need to confess, and then we need to take responsibility. 
We need to take responsibility for those areas of our lives that, um, that we are, in fact, responsible for. You know, as we read through um, uh, chapter 12, you know, we see a little bit of, about David's response, and, you know, the story continues to uh, play out. Um, uh, uh, David would hear about the fact that as a result of his sin, there's going to be some consequences for that. Um, because of his sin, um, the sword is going to be against his household. Um, he's going to lose his family. He's going to get carried off uh, into captivity. And then one of the consequences of his uh, sin is that he's going to lose a child. And so he's going to lose one of his um, children. And so um, in verse, uh, as we move in through this, uh, verse 16, we're looking down through the story here. Um, we, we see that David, when he hears about all this, takes responsibility for his actions. He's confessed. And then the first thing that he does is he starts to seek after God. When he first hears this, he says he seeks after God. Verse 16 says he sought after God on behalf of his child. He didn't want to lose his child. He understood that there was a consequence that came from it. He didn't blame anybody else. He didn't try to figure out a way around it. He went straight to the Lord, and he sought the Lord on behalf of the child. And he fasted, and he went and lay all night and day on the ground. He was intentional about seeking after God, and he made that a priority as he takes responsibility for what he's done. And then he also tells people around him. He said, then the, and the elders of his household stood beside him. And so he had some other men around him that he had confessed to that were standing around him, that were praying for him and supporting him. The elders of his house stood beside him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, and he did not eat with them. And so David took the responsibility for his actions. He sought the Lord through prayer and fasting and, and petitioned the Lord on his behalf. And so taking responsibility for our actions is important. It's one thing to confess, but it's another thing entirely to take responsibility for and start to move towards correcting that behavior. And so he takes responsibility for his actions. And then the third thing that he does is he turns his heart towards God in worship. And so he confesses, he takes responsibility, and then he takes steps towards God through worship. You know, as we read through uh, chapter 12, we see that the, the child would die. In verse 18, it was the seventh day the child died. The servants of David um, were afraid to tell him that the child was died. And so uh, uh, it says uh, you know, they're afraid to tell him, behold, the child was alive when we spoke to him. He didn't even listen to us. How can we tell him his child is dead? But when David saw the servants talking and whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. He said, look, is my child dead? And they said, he is. Right after he gets this news, in verse 20, he arose from the earth, he washed and anointed himself, he changed his clothes, and he went to the house of the Lord and he worshiped. And he went to his own house, and when he asked, they set the food before him. And so David, after this messed up, broken event in his life, confesses it, he takes responsibility for it, and then he turns his heart towards God. And he arises from the ground, he, he arises from his fasting, and he anointed himself again. He said, look, as a part of that confessing, I'm going to now set myself apart again for what God would have for me. You see, this is why it's important. When John writes about our anointing and the hope that we have in Christ, he reminds us that we're not supposed to sin because of who we are in Christ. But if we do sin... We have an advocate for us that will forgive us of our sins. You know, Paul writes in Romans that our relationship with Christ is not a license for us to get to do whatever we want to do. 
Because of who we are in Christ, we should not sin. But when we do, we're still forgiven. And that's the great news about our relationship with Christ. Jesus died to forgive your sins past, present, and future. And David understands that even though his life was messed up, he confessed it, he took responsibility for it, he turned his heart and mind towards God and continued to worship. And he anointed himself again. He, as a part of that confession, he's also recognizing the hope that he has in God. And he anoints himself and sets himself apart for what God would have. You know, this morning, we want to spend some time in communion. And I want to encourage you, um, as you think about moving into the new year, that this is a great time for you to think about where do you have opportunities for confession? Where has God not been first in your life? Where are some things that are in your life that are a barrier between you and God? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, he tells us, whenever we take communion together, we need to make sure that we evaluate ourselves so that we are not doing communion in an unworthy manner. It's not right for us to be able to take communion unless we've evaluated ourselves, unless we've confessed any known sin, and then we're able to come to that cross. Then we're able to come to our relationship with Christ and able to experience that forgiveness. And so as we prepare for a communion this morning, it begins with an attitude of confession and repentance and taking responsibility for, for our behavior and our actions as we trust God and his forgiveness. And then we incline and we turn our hearts towards him in worship. You know, communion is an opportunity for us to, to celebrate who we are in Christ. It's an opportunity for us to celebrate the fact that we know Christ is going to return. And it's an opportunity for us to worship him. Our communion service is a part of our worship service. And so I want to invite Bethany to come back out. She's going to lead us in this next song. And while she's doing that, I just want to encourage you to spend uh, these next few moments um, just reflecting on where there's areas in your life that you would like to turn over to him. As you think about the year 2021 and prepare your heart and your mind for communion, begin like David with a heart and an attitude of confession, taking responsibility for our behavior and taking responsibility for your spiritual growth and taking responsibility as you move into this new year. And let's turn to him in worship. We're going to sing this next song. And um, I just want to encourage you, if you're at home, uh, you have your communion supplies, uh, you, know, just, you can do communion with you at home. If you haven't had a chance um, to go get something to eat or drink, you can do that now. If you're in person with us this morning, we just want to encourage you, you can come up to the front. Our communion tables are spread out. The cups are spread out. Wear your mask if you come up, and then you can take communion back to your seat. Um, But let's take these next few moments to be an opportunity for us to prepare our hearts and our minds for what God would have for us as we move into this new year. We're going to take communion together at your uh, seat. When you get back, you can take that, and then I'm going to come back together. I've got a few things I want to share with you as we close our time out together. But uh, let's take these next few moments uh, to reflect and to celebrate who we are in Christ.
when he was with those disciples on, during that last supper, lifted up a loaf of bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. That bread is a symbol of Christ's body that was broken for us for the forgiveness of sins. After he had finished eating supper, he lifted up that cup and he said, this cup is reflective of my blood. That's going to be shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And so as we come together to celebrate communion this morning, it's an opportunity for us to remember the hope that we have in Christ. And that's a rock. That's a foundation that we can build on as we move into this new year. In First uh, Peter, Peter writes this in chapter 2. He says, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. A people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You know, one of the beauties of knowing and being secure in who you are in Christ is knowing that you have everything that you need to build a firm foundation as we move into this new year. You know, that's where our hope and our faith and our trust is. It's not in things of this world, but knowing who we belong to. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, we've been saved by grace through faith in Christ, not by works, so that no one can boast. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's favor. We are saved by God's grace through faith. 
And God has a plan for us in that. And he's done that because in verse 10, it says this. He says, this has all happened so that you can become workmanship for him. We are his workmanship. We have been created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that God has for us, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light to be a part of his plan and his purpose for building up and strengthening the body of Christ and for reaching others with this good news that we've been trusted with. And so as we move into the new year, I can't think of a better thing to do than start in a place of repentance and confession, responsibility, and a heart towards worship. And that's my prayer for each of us as we go into this new year that you would be, just know that you are anointed in the Holy Spirit. I just pray that God would bless you, that he would he'd solidify you in your faith. And that's, that's where you would find your encouragement as we move into this new year. If you have questions about how to have a relationship with Christ, if you're watching online this morning, there's a place for you to click uh, some information. I want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ. You can fill out that connection card, communication card. We would love to talk with you about how we can help you to be able to step into this new year secure in that relationship. So you can experience life and life to the full. If you're with us in person, you've got that connection card that's on the chair next to you. And I want to encourage you to take a moment to, uh, to fill that out. I would love the opportunity to connect with you if you've got any questions about our time together. And I really want to invite you to sign up to join us for our Bible reading plan next year. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in and through us and in and through us together as we read his word and we let it transform our lives. And I'm so glad that you are with us today for this first Sunday of the new year. I'll be praying for each of us. I'm so grateful for, uh, for just your allowing God to use you to build up and strengthen this church as we move into this new year. And I pray that God would bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may you have a great new year. Thanks for being with us today and have a good afternoon.